You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason. This is your co-host, Danny. And we have a tribute episode. Many of you all know, if not all of you know, that uh, Kobe Bryant passed away uh, in a tragic helicopter accident back on Sunday, uh, January 26th. Um, that killed a total of nine individuals on the helicopter, uh, which included Kobe and his daughter, Gigi. So as the country, as the world mourns and a phenomenal athlete, some would even say that he was a Renaissance man. Uh, but we also recognize the others who are who are tragically taken away from us uh, as well. We wanted to uh, again dedicate this episode to him and his family. Definitely give condolences and prayers and our positive energy. So with that, uh, Danny, how did you find out about uh, Kobe passing away and, and also the the helicopter accident? Man, I was at my brother's house and all of a sudden I received a number of texts and calls from friends and family. The texts were saying, Kobe, question mark, what happened, question mark. And then I saw that report from ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski confirming that Kobe was involved in a helicopter crash. And I knew it was real. I called back one of my good friends and he told me what he had heard and I could not process it. It was one of those eerie feelings where you lose someone that is not family or a close friend, but seems to be just due to all the time invested watching his career and life develop before my eyes on television. It was strange too, due to LeBron breaking a scoring record the night before and Kobe's tweet flashing on the TV screen congratulating LeBron, not knowing that this will be the last time I would see him communicate to the general public. To know that there were other victims, including kids, made it even worse to comprehend from my standpoint. It was just sad all around. How'd you find out, Jason? Well, I was just coming from Chicago. I actually uh, went to Chicago for my uh, cousin's surprise 50th birthday party. And coming back, finally uh, went ahead and uh, was about to watch uh, an episode of Power. And I was, I was about to watch it. And next thing you know, I received a text from uh, one of my friends here. And it said something to the effect of uh, Kobe and, and it had uh, the TMZ article attached to it. And so I was like, man, I just took a moment. I really just took a moment. and. I sat down and was hoping that this was just literally a hoax. I was like, man. So I immediately Googled Kobe's name and I didn't see anything else. I didn't see any other news outlets that, you know, had any, anything on it. I too was like, let me just check it out on ESPN, ABC or, or NBA TV or some other news outlet, CNN. Mm -hmm. I didn't see anything yet. Next thing you know, I'm starting to get a whole lot more text messages from everybody. I'm like, man, what in the world? What the hell's going on? There were a lot of news media outlets that initially reported inaccurately. And it just kind of left me waiting and wanting to know more 
uh, more of a confirmation of how many people were on a helicopter and potentially who was on a helicopter throughout the day. Just you know, getting the news and all, and everybody was. I was fixated on TV. I was getting calls, talked to some you know people, what have you, and it was just a misfortune. That's how I found out. Um, and all, and it just meant the whole rest of the day being in front of the TV while everybody was still in shock and telling the stories, and everybody really trying to figure out what was the real, what was the real data coming coming from the accident, what was the real information coming from the accident. So. That's how I found out. So, Danny, what are your favorite Kobe basketball moments? Here are a few of the encore moments that I do remember. Uh, being a Laker fan, I do have a lot. But here are a couple that come to mind right now. Uh, first one was that 2000 Western Conference Finals Game 7 versus the Portland Trail Blazers where the Lakers were losing by 11 in the fourth quarter. This game was special in particular because the Lakers hadn't won a championship with Kobe and Shaq and they're on the verge of being eliminated. And then all of a sudden they go on this magical run and Kobe throws that lob to Shaq to cut the game to two. And then eventually they win the game and go on to win their first NBA championship. So that was a special moment from my perspective. Uh, Another moment that sticks out to me was Kobe's rookie year. And if you remember, he shot air balls a couple times to try to win the game against Utah in the playoffs. It was tough to watch at that time, but it proved that Kobe was not scared of the moment, even as an 18-year-old rookie. And obviously, seeing he had a 20-year career after that, the drive he had to be one of the hardest workers in the NBA and make him one of the most successful players in the NBA just due to that moment and other moments that drove him throughout his career. And one thing you knew about Kobe was unless he was injured badly, he was going to be playing that game. So you didn't have to worry about low management and all these other things that some of the players are uh, going through right now. He had no concept of taking games off. He was always working to achieve his goals, to eclipse the NBA greats, which is one of the main reasons I liked him during his career. He loved basketball and I love basketball, so I had a connection there, knowing how hard he worked, and basketball was his life, and that was my life for a while. Obviously, I wasn't as good as Kobe, but uh, it was definitely something growing up. I was watching basketball, playing basketball, doing everything I could to be just around the game. How about you, Jay? One of my favorite... Kobe on court moment was in the 2000 NBA Finals, Pacers versus Lakers, uh, Game Four. I believe it was oh, it was an overtime, and Shaq had just fouled out. And let's, let me just say, Shaq was a beast back then. I mean, he was going for a 38 and 17 um, in that series, uh, and so he fouled he fouls out and. Kobe, I believe he was just uh, getting, just coming back from having ankle issues. Uh, I think he sat out one game in the NBA Finals, if I'm not mistaken. And he comes, he comes in, Shaq files out. He, you know, he's in there and he does his thing. You know, and where where he lifted the Lakers to the victory. Now that was a pivotal game. You're in overtime in the NBA Finals, and you're in game four. You can either be 2-2 in the series, or you can go up 3-1. 
And this was when it was a two, three, two format. And so that would have meant that, you know, they would, they still had another game in Indianapolis and Kobe comes out and, you know, I remember he, him doing the put back. He had a couple of J's mid range jumpers, what have you, uh, a put back miss. And then he does calms everybody down and says, don't worry. I got it. I got it. Uh, I think that's one of my, one of my uh, finest Kobe moments. The other one, man, I would say his last game, his last oh, game, yes, 60, 60 point game, man. Listen, uh, I believe I was in Augusta, Georgia for, for work. That night was, I was, I was, it was a special night. I mean, you had the Golden State Warriors going for the 73 and then you had Kobe's last game. Yes. And I just remember being at one of the sites for a job and I was like, man, I don't know what y'all doing, but I'm trying to watch the games <laughs> some way, somehow. I mean, I wanted to watch, I wanted to see the fanfare. I mean, yep. I had to see it. And so I was like, after work, I was like, man, I don't know where, where everybody was went. All I know is I couldn't sit in the room, the hotel room, and watch it because I was just like, I need to be able to see it both at the same time, some way, somehow. So I ended up going to uh, a bar or whatever. I, wa- I watched the games. Now, I didn't watch, watch it completely because by the time it was kind of like, by the time I got there, it was like, you know, halfway into it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was on silent. But I, I noticed Kobe would start going off. Kobe is out there doing his thing against the Utah Jazz. And you mentioned earlier and how he shot the air balls uh, yes. against Utah in the playoffs. And so how ironic that the last game, he's putting 60 up on the Utah Jazz. I don't know, man. That, that was just a, a favorite moment. But in that 60-point game, I mean, why would Kobe go through? I mean, granted, it's his last game. I thought, man, you know, who the hell else did Kobe have on the squad? I remember watching the rebroadcast of the <laughs> of that game, and I was like, man, the Lakers had a sorry ass squad. And so, in <laughs> looking at the lineup, you had Julius Randle, Roy Hibbert, uh, mm-hmm. I think Jordan Clarkson, and and Russell D. Russell. And so, I was like, man, and you had Larry Nance Jr. off the bench. I mean, and some you just had some no namers, man. I was like, man, shame on the Lakers for not putting some pieces around Kobe. I don't know. I was like, what got me, though, was, man, I was like, I was rooting for him because, yeah, he was an older player. And I think I saw a little bit of myself in that, in where, I, I can't remember the last time I played ball, but but in looking at Kobe, I was like, damn, his his ass is tired. That, that's any one of us, man. <laughs> that's any one of us older players, you know, out there trying to trying to give it our all. And he is just straight scorching these cats, man. Gordon Hayward was getting all of the 60, man. <laughs> so that that was a favorite moment of mine, man. Just the fact that he scored, one, because he had to score because he didn't have any other pieces around him. But two, man, he was sniffing victory, man. He didn't want to go out for the L. And so, I, you know, I definitely give him kudos and props. And that was another favorite Kobe moment on the court for me. So, Danny, let me ask you this. In terms of off-the-court favorite moments of Kobe, do you have any? As far as off-the-court moments, I would say observing his business acumen and the business ventures, such as the books, the movies, the short films that he was involved in prior to his uh, accident. Kobe, along with others, have exposed a lot of different opportunities and ways to invest 
to the general population over time, which in time has inspired me to do more of my life outside of my day job. So just seeing how he was moving after his basketball career, even during his basketball career, and some of the things where it, it made me take some time to say, all right, I can do more with what I'm doing with my time. So just valuing time and now, especially after this happening to him and being a similar age, making sure you take advantage of each day like it's your last. The other thing was Kobe coaching his daughter's basketball team. Being involved in coaching throughout my life, it was cool to see him taking the time to coach his daughter and the other girls on the team. Um, it's a commitment, obviously, and parents and family are trusting you to grow their children, not only in the sport, but mentally as well. So it was very cool to see him doing that. How about you, Jay? Yeah, I, I would say my favorite Kobe uh, moments, if you will, off the court. I have to agree with you in terms of his business acumen. I remember listening to, on the radio, listening to a, a, an interview uh, with Kobe and he was talk, talking about his new book, his new, his new children's book. And he indicated that it was like a cross between the likes of Alice in Wonderland and Harry Potter and whatever the case may be. And the more I listened to it, I really heard the passion and everything that he had in it. Mm-hmm. And it just so happened. It's called the Wizard series. Uh, this one was the uh, very first one, the training camp. And so I remember going to, uh, Barnes and Nobles. <laughs> um, I remember, remember going to Barnes and Nobles for something completely different, and I was like, "Let me just, you know, check out what Kobe is t- talking about." Right? Yeah. Man, I picked up this book, and let me tell you, they, the book had a velvet cover to it, and the barcode was in the shape like of a lion, mm-hmm. and it had all these. The the paper was just totally different and i'm like yeah this is a kobe book man just the level of detail that he put into it uh and everything and uh again it's called the wizard series uh training camp and i would imagine the reason why he went through that is because he wants you to be in the world uh a wizardry world as i picked up the book i was like man this thing is like no other right and so i didn't i did not get the book what I did do, though, was I, I listened to a sample of the book on um, Audible. Uh, and shout out to Audible. Hopefully we can get a sponsorship deal from you. Uh, but I listened to it on Audible, the sample version. You know how you, they give you like maybe a one, two minute clip, whatever, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so as I'm listening to it, man, I'm hearing all these sound effects, all this stuff, right? <laughs> and the voice was that of Felicia Rashad, a.k.a. Claire Huxtable. Wow. And so I'm like, man, oh, this is money right here. This is money. This is a slam dunk. The, the combination of her voice and also uh, just the sound effects and I'm like, man, this is just straight, I mean, just put together. And so I ended up downloading uh, our series, the training camp version. And uh, as I was listening, I'm like, man, this is just a straight up story in an, in an entirely different world, uh, which is what he actually wanted. And mm-hmm. so 
man, I was a straight kid, man. I ain't gonna lie to you, man. I would listen to that thing before I go to bed, man. It was like my bedtime story up in this piece. And I'm like, man, this thing is like really good uh, and all. But it really pulled my imagination. And mm-hmm. it, I mean, just the storytelling that he he was doing and just all the pieces, each piece was almost like a team member. You had Felicia Rashad, you had the uh, sound effects. And the way that he really pulled it all together uh, and everything, man, that was just something phenomenal. And so I really encourage uh, anybody to who has kids even to really go ahead and look at getting um, this book, the Wizard R series, um, there's three books in that series, uh, the training camp version, because it's a very good storytelling and it is like a bedtime story. Uh, and it's very, it's very, very good. So I would say, that is my my best uh, Kobe moment off the court because I was as pleasantly pleasantly surprised, but then it really tapped into my own imagination, in where I was like, man, if Kobe can do this, this telling stories, just based upon some of his experiences, but fuse it with a totally different world. I mean, there's no it's no holds barred. Use your imagination and really have that work ethic to. Uh, make that imagination become a reality. And I think that's something that I think Kobe really left in each one of us, um, just that whole piece there. So uh, that's my best uh, Kobe of court moment there. So uh, with that, um, I would say, uh, again, rest in peace, Kobe, uh, Gigi, and the other seven uh, individuals who lost their lives in in the uh, accident and are best in our heartfelt condolences uh, to you all. Hopefully you will find peace and comfort um, during this uh, time. And uh, again, we wish you the best. Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backportstalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backporchtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.